Welcome to episode 279 of the Overlook Hour. I'm your host, Clark Little. Along with me, as always, is the man sitting across the table from me. It's Russell John, oh, the fisherman. You ca- caught me off guard there. I know. That's what I, I was do. deep in thought, thinking about something else, and now you want to intro me? Well, you know what they say. The squeaky wheel gets taken <laughs> off. I wish. Replaced. That's my whole work career, my whole life. It's like, man, they're bitching and they get their way. I finally adopted that motto. That's that's life, brother. And it's great to be here. Speaking of squeaky wheels, we got one in Atlanta, Georgia. He goes by the name of Randy Michaelstep. That's me. What's up, fellas? <laughs> <laughs> what are you doing? Just hanging out, man. Had a uh, a good morning. I went on a little run, and then I had some coffee. Then I went record shopping <laughs> and uh, book yeah. shopping, and had a uh, a panini. And uh, now I'm sitting here talking to you guys. Did you swallow? What? The panini? Yeah, it was good. <laughs> Randy, can I tell you something? Not a huge panini fan. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I can get that. This one was all right, though. What, what did you get on the panini? Uh, it had like prosciutto and mozzarella and tomatoes and some sort of greens. Any, in, any sort of... Uh... Probably like some olive oil or something. Mm, okay. <laughs> it was good. What kind of bread? It was on a ciabatta, which I think is kind of standard for panini. Okay. I do like a ciabatta roll. Love a ciabatta roll. But I don't know. Russell, how do you feel about the panini? I don't like it. I don't either. Yeah. And I think what happened with me is because uh, when I was in college, I didn't start cooking till I you was have, like well in my 20s. You got panini trauma? Yeah. Because uh, the, the I only cooked exclusively for like the first four years of me living like on my own through the George Foreman grill. Okay. Yep. And I think that I just got, I got toasted <laughs> with, with the panini <laughs> press, dude. Dumb. The my when I think of a panini, I think of um, Steve Brule from Tim and Eric. He, he had that one like panini bit. Other than that, man, I fucking hate him. I ordered him once at like a Greek restaurant or something, and I was like, "What the hell? What's going on here?" Not a fan. Yeah, I'm not. A, I'm not a panini guy. That's it. All right, we'll see you uh, episode 280. <laughs> You're anti-introing the engineer. The I actual don't, who was the engineer? <laughs> uh, we got three now. Good point, Oksana. What's your title? Producer. Okay, there you go. All right, producer. Nice. <laughs> Duh. Oksana Valerian. A uh, duh. <laughs> okay, Oksana, God. say something our witty. Various, our very cantankerous producer. There you go. Oksana Valerian. Oh, All right. Now talk uh, in a witty fashion about something you did last week. I, you love putting me on the spot in a way that does not work out well. I don't know why. You, you just get angry every and time. Thanks again, Oksana. <laughs> Well, Randy, yeah, I mean, you get a three, you get a three-hour head start on us. So you told us that you went to the record store, you bought a fancy Talking Heads record. Yeah, I got a, um, I think it's like a first or second press. Stop making sense, uh, LP. It cost me a good uh, forty dollars from the used section, but I think it's uh it's well worth it. Is that the most you've ever paid for a? Uh... Unfortunately, no, because I used to be a. Uh, even more of a record collector and I would spend money on pressings of things that were very rare and or uh, very expensive. What's the most? What's your number? 
Probably like a hundred for like one record. What's your grail, dude? What is it? Is it? Don't tell me it's fucking Henry Rollins live some shit. <laughs> no, I actually don't even think I own any uh, Black Flag or Rollins band records. You have no um, Black Flag? Uh, no, I think I had some Black Flag CDs from when I was a wee lad, but I don't think I have any records. But don't you have a black flag tattoo like on your fupa or some shit? <laughs> he doesn't have a fupa. He it's on my chest, enough. but yeah. God damn. Above your heart? Uh close to it. It's um it's mostly covered in hair though, so you could barely see it. <laughs> Wait, so what is your collection like? I I don't know. You're giving me a vibe that's very boring, but knowing you, it's probably like soundtrack based or are you buying the shit that Henry Rollins listens to, which is like, you know, agoraphobic uh, lead guitarist in Japan? (laughs) (laughs) Well, I only have like maybe 25 percent. No, maybe like 15 percent of uh, my collection here. The rest is at my parents' house. But I don't know. It's mostly like punk, hardcore Post-hardcore, I had a big blues period where I was buying some blues records. So it's uh, I, I have some soundtracks as well. You got, a lot, you got a lot of Burnside? I think I have one. Which one? Ass Pocket of Whiskey? I think so, yeah. yeah. But that's another one that's I left in California. Very hurtful. I'll get you another one. I'll send it over. Honestly, <laughs> when you mentioned all the shit you did this morning, I forgot you were in Atlanta. I'm like, how the, what did you get up at five? <laughs> I did get up at seven, though, even for Atlanta time. All right, that'd be four our time. Good job. Yeah. So you've already had breakfast and lunch, dude. Yeah. I had some. Very, almost dinner time, baby. I made very disappointing breakfast tacos this morning. What'd you put in those? It, just eggs and sausage and salsa I got from Amazon. It was very depressing. <laughs> Amazon salsa, nice. Yeah. The, I, let me tell you something. Salsa, not that bad. A little too watery, but. I don't know. I need to get an emulsifier. I'm going to make my own salsa now. You know, we bought um, salsa from, uh, what the hell? Wine and more. Total wine. Total wine. And um, they had Halloween chips. They were orange and black. And I'm like, I'm buying those. <laughs> How are they? And uh, they were, the chips were great. Dude, I, I, dude. But the salsa, dude. Now, a lot of them are medium. And, you know, retail medium is like fucking garbage. It's like Taco Bell medium. It's, it's yeah. not hot sauce. So I was like, well, let's get one of those. And then Oksana didn't like any of the flavor of the hot. Like, they, I don't know. They all seem kind of decadent. We ended up with two medium. One of them was like bean paste that was like unedible. Mm. The other one, very fucking hot. For medium? Yeah. What was the brand? I, I was kind of like just pushing through it. I don't know. What brand was it? I have no idea. Yeah, it, but it, it read medium. And I had to check. Dude, I was sweating. And Oksana was like, this is hot. And I'm like, no, nah, it's just medium. I'm like I'm just gonna power through this thing, <laughs> dude. It's rough. I, I I had to tap out. You're 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 a spicy boy. Yeah, I like it. I'm a bird. I can't do it anymore. Why? It destroys me. I think it did to me too. It it destroy. I can't do the spicy anymore. Oh, it was the desert pepper. Joke. <laughs> that does not sound like medium. <laughs> no, that's the brand. I think. Okay. <laughs> desert pepper. Yeah, what tequila sauce? Yeah, I don't know what it was, but I bought it literally just to eat the black or the black and orange chips, which were great. I like the blue corn. The blue, uh, they, they. I feel like they have a flavor to them. They do. It's yeah. blue. Da ba dee da ba die. Did some chips do a blue? 
I don't know. Let's go to our uh, resident Sunchips <laughs> expert, Randy Stat, over in Atlanta, Georgia. Randy, fill us in on Sunchips Blue. I can tell you that I'm not sure if they have a blue, but I am only familiar with the gar- garden salsa variety of Sunchip. What's the blue bag? That's not. That's the red bag. What's the blue bag? I like. The I blue don't know. Bag. Cool Ranch. It's not cool. <laughs> it's original. I like. Okay. I like the original. Red bag's not bad. It was the orange. The cheddar. I don't like the cheddar. Do not like the cheddar sun chip. You know, I think I only like sun chips because they uh, were advertised to me like uh, the Mormon religion, where one day somebody knocked on our door. They would be in uh, dresser drawers of hotel rooms. Okay, I was wondering where you're going to go with that. <laughs> no, like people walked around the neighborhood and knocked on everyone's door and left a bag of chips tied to the doorknob. What? Yeah. What are you talking about? I'm talking about the first time I ate Sun Chips. Someone tied a bag of Sun Chips yeah, to your front door? To the front door. Why? I don't know. Did Who did them? that? And I, yeah, I remember thinking these are the best. You don't remember the, the Sun Chip killer of well, 1997? They weren't, they weren't there. They vanished. It's like in a horror movie when you open the door and you look both ways and you're like, who knocked? And then you notice. Like, you look in a mirror, you say Sun Chips five times. <laughs> <laughs> and Guy Fieri shows up. So Sun Chips is more Candyman than... Uh, bloody mary yes you gotta you gotta commit to fuck the five times it's too much it's just it's almost like a safety net just in case you accidentally mentioned it three times you have to get two more in oh actually should we mention that now oh we haven't started officially are there any more interesting tales you want to tell about uh your week home no i gotta go back tomorrow uh i'll mention briefly uh there are what, what are those bugs called that i warned you about on the deck last night German cockroaches. It's, they might be. No, that don't you. No, don't you, say I do. that? <laughs> you don't fuck with German cockroaches. No, they're um, they're like water. What are they called? Water bugs. Wet willies. <laughs> yes, they're wet willies. <laughs> Oxon, what are they called? Like earwigs? No, know. they're not earwigs. Oh, earwigs. D- do you know they look like silverfish? Silverfish. Okay, silverfish. So our deck at night gets covered in them. Silver. And it, it, it's one of those things where you turn on a light and they like scatter it's Christmas me and oxana were out there oh we moved a in the city. a light to the front did you notice that thing the big glass yeah with the candle in yeah it. be careful with it what's so going on go ahead and light the candle whenever you want uh that's like a 500 hundred dollar hurricane it's from work there's a crack in the bottom so like you want it and i'm like yeah clark would probably get a kick out so of I'm it like the candle yeah light the candle in there yeah right i'm gonna light that candle. um <laughs> but yeah so we were moving it and i was talking to oxana i'm like don't lean on that and I turned, lean on me. I, I turned it on. There are only like a couple baby ones. So I went hunting them. There was a giant uh, spider that did not have a butt. What? And I like screamed. if I was a spider, <laughs> <laughs> it was a no butt spider. And uh-huh. I freaked out. And Oksana stood there and laughed at me. She just looked directly at me and was <laughs> laughing at me. And I was truly terrified. <laughs> A lot of the a lot of the arachnids do have a uh, you know apple bottom jeans. Yeah, well, it's more tarantula than black widow, and it was big. And we got scary. a tarantula. I, I didn't. I knew. I tried to avoid that word. No, it was what you describe it. A wolf spider. I mean, it was it hairy? Really, no, it wasn't hairy, but it had really thick legs. It looked deadly. It looked like it was going to kill. Okay, me. thick and legs, no butt. That's me, dude. <laughs> as a spider. <laughs> Okay, your cousin came over, and oh, I, he, man. I didn't expect to see him there, so I screamed, and Oxon just laughed at me. <laughs> I want a butt. 
All right. You got anything else uh, deprecating and interesting that you want to share? Well, I mean, we'll see how it goes. <laughs> Nothing up top. All right. Are we ready to start then? Bring him in. All right. You know, I, you know, I should have sat with you and figured out like an intro for him because we have like a prolific filmmaker fly out every week to timestamp our show so that nobody's confused. Actually, it only makes it more confusing because yeah. it's released days later every time. For a bit that everyone enjoys. Yeah. And I mean, you know, he comes, he shares wisdom, a word, often uh, seems a little confused like our president currently, but uh, we love him. Uh, he's the uh, director of Dune and PlayStation 2, the third place. Uh, come on in. Oh, that's not <laughs> right. Dummy. Oksani, you fucked it up. You're the engineer. <laughs> David, come. Why, why does he wait outside? Like, why do I intro him and then he, he walks smokes. in? You won't oh, let him smoke smoking. in the house. Okay. All right. Well, come on in. Good morning. It's September 25, 2021, and it's a Saturday. It seems like we just had weekend projects 10 minutes ago. But here they are again. And the weekend projects are great projects. <laughs> And I hope you all have a great time doing them. And they go very well for you. Everyone, <laughs> have a great day. Dude, I think I fucked him up. I, I played that intro music. I think it caught him off guard. So I guess this is our weekend project. <laughs> Probably. Well, you never thought of that? He said it before. I know. I can't figure out if it's going well. I or guess not. not. <laughs> oh, was he taking a shot at me? Because I played the wrong fucking thing? I think so. He's a dick. I think so. We're not paying for his flights anymore. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, what do we do now? Oh, yeah. I, the, the other button I was supposed to hit before. The CBR Report. All right. Last week, I had a total headache and everybody made fun of me because I took like 45 minutes translating Russian sites to figure out the background of ostrich. Oh God, did I get the name wrong? Monkey, ostrich, and grave. Yes. Chicken, mongoose, rock. This week, Thomas took it easy on me. Oh boy. Uh, so I'm going to go ahead and read from, uh, you know, Thomas, who you know, we've been uh, gearing up um, the unnamed footage festival for uh, 2022. You've been taking heroin? Yeah, we've been we've been chasing the dragon, and uh, I, I've been distracted. We I I'm gonna try and in the future slow down on the podcast a little bit because I really want to ramp up this year. We brought Thomas on the team, and uh, dude, his like jittery, no sleep energy has like inspired a competitive nature in everybody. So Thomas, I love you. You're the the found footage adventurer, and uh, he wrote this week. Hey, gang. This week I'm recording in. Wait. <laughs> Why did I write? This week I'm recommending an original series called Dead of Night, available only through the Snapchat app. This show is completely made up of screen life shorts and are easily among the best out there uh, from IMDb. Dead of Night is filmed in uh, 2019 to 2020. Uh, Dead of Night is the first uh, I know. anthology film with the great Gabo. Oh, really? That's the great Gabo. Gabo's You're going to have to reset the great Gabo at some point because I don't think anybody's going to know. Gabo. Yeah, it's a dummy. Actually, it's the first movie horror film with the ventriloquist dummy, right? Yeah. Yeah, the great Gabo, which is an old retired bit used to do on stage 
Or is it? Never did it. Never did it on stage. Okay, from IMDb, Dead of Night is about a teenage girl who must escape a quarantined city full of zombies armed only with her cell phone. Uh, Back to Tom. Uh, Timu, oh God, all right, give me a, I'm going to have to take a breath here. This name is a a mouthful. Timur Bekmabetov produced it. He also worked on Profile and Unfriended. I know that guy. And uh, my friend Taylor had done the cinematography, so I had to check it out. And I know Clark will love this. All of the episodes are only a few minutes each. Love it. Dead of Night isn't the first found footage series to be released by Snap Originals. Uh, VHS actually had a series come out like a year ago, too. Um, he, he mentions, for those uh, hesitant to download Snapchat and think the deep state shadow government elitists are trying to compromise their personality, identifiable information, but really want to watch Dead of Night, then you're in luck because you can check out a four-minute pilot episode on YouTube. However, the rest are only made available through the app itself. Enjoy. Uh, all the best, Thomas Burke. Now, this show, like he said, you you have to download Snapchat for it, which uh, we literally did. At one point, we had an Overlook Snapchat. You have to download Snapchat for it? Have you not been listening at no. all? Okay. <laughs> so you download Snapchat. And then uh, how do you find it, Oksana? You search Dead of Night. Okay. And it'll pop up. And um, They have a couple of shows on there, too. They have a lot. Well, he was saying that uh, horror screen life shows. And, um, dude, it's rad. Now, at Uff3, we showed a, a movie called 916 underscore Spy by Houston Yang. You remember that? Nick uh, Nordlinger, a buddy, brought it over. And the whole concept was that it's a movie you watch on your phone. Like, it's made for the format of a phone. This is exactly that. It's like a, uh, you know, I didn't even want to mention earlier that it was a zombie thing. Because I know a lot of people shut down immediately and be like, I don't care. But that pilot episode on YouTube, definitely watch it. We'll we'll share it on uh, Twitter. But it opens up uh, like, you know, there's some um, pretty people talking over Snapchat. But then shit starts getting shared on social media of like weird and uh, well, now, you know, it's like a zombie thing. But when I first watched it, it kind of seemed like, I don't know, Hellmouth opened up and monsters were just coming out like um there were weird things happening while people were driving, like they were getting attacked in their car. There were screams in the night, so there'd be footage of people filming from rooftop. This has a huge budget, or at least it feels like it, and it's incredibly fast-paced. So, I, honestly, I think um, Tom's right. It, this would be up your alley, Clark. You could watch a, a show while on your phone, and it yeah, would be the right I, thing I, to I do. I don't do Snapchat. Snapchat's for children. You don't have to do True. Snapchat. All you have to do is be on it and then watch it there. I'm not, I don't have Snapchat. I'm not All right. Snapchat. Then, now, here's the other thing. Put I on, Rip it, put it on YouTube. I'll watch it. I watched all of season <laughs> one with Oksana. Now, we chose, we're like, whose phone? Who's going to download it? She, like, she downloaded it while I was talking about it. We decided, let's just go upstairs. We'll watch it in bed. Uh, bad decision. If you, uh, I'm sure you've done this before, Clark, laid in a bed and thrown a baseball up towards the ceiling and just caught it over and over. Mm-hmm. Have you done that? Mm-hmm. I was getting that kind of vibe where we're like holding a phone up above our head, which was, the show is great. You can't cast it on your television. We couldn't figure it out. It's 2021, baby. I'm sure you can. I'm also sure that you could probably rip it if you wanted and rip it good. And we don't do, we don't do the whole Apple thing either. You know what I mean? And I'm sure yeah. I know Apple, uh, you can cast a lot easier. Troglodytes. 
Excuse me? <laughs> Trogliodites? That's right. Yeah, so I highly recommend Dead of Night. Um, I watched the whole first season. And Clark knows I don't watch TV shows. But when they're five minutes and they're all screen life, dude, how many How many rad. episodes in a season? Uh, ten, I believe, was the first one. And they're all like five minutes long. And they're, oh, I should mention, there are fucking little commercials in them. And they're so quick that by the time you try to complain about them, they're over. So I've never felt held captive like by commercials like I did in a Snapchat. Cause you're, and weirdly, all of them were for like phlebotomy jobs. In the morning, yeah. But last night, they're all for like a car or something. Oh, <laughs> yeah, they tried to sell us a car. Uh, yeah, dude, Dead of Night, um, this was rad. And I, I definitely am going to go back and check out the VHS series, which looks like it was tied to the movies. But I looked up the directors and... Um, I believe one of them worked on XX, but uh, the directors aren't of any um, like note, really. Uh, although I should say, in Dead of Night, the lead is um, great. Her name's uh, Kaylee Tran. She plays Ada. And I was like, dude, I feel like I know this girl from something. Dude, she was in Monsters of Man. Do you remember when I talked about that movie? There's yeah. no way. Okay, no, the do. robot one? I've been thinking about watching it, but it's like over two hours. It's over two hours. And that one also has like a very quick pace. So I I don't know. I've been flirting with the idea of trying to like reach out to the Monsters Man guy, but he's like a weird dude in Australia who makes blockbusters for no money. He also makes um, an insane amount of merch. Mark Toey. Oh, dude, the merch is good. I want to buy one of those of shirts. Merch. You got to remind me. Yeah, but uh, that's it, dude. Dead of Night was great. Uh, and yeah, thanks for taking it easy on this week, Thomas. This concludes the TBR. Dude, Dead of Night was rad. Randy, you gonna watch a Snapchat movie? No, I'm good. Well, it's not a movie; it's a show. Randy, you gonna watch a Snapchat show? No, I'm good. Okay. Randy, you're the most millennial out of all of us, and you won't get on your favorite app. Is that true? By age <laughs> only, or yeah, by age. I don't know, man. Do millennials fall asleep at like 8.45 or 9 p.m. every night? Uh, with crippling depression, yeah. No. That's me, baby. <laughs> just a healthy person. Didn't you hear all the emo records he has? Dude, I can go to sleep till 1 o'clock. Then I woke up at 3 with crippling diarrhea. <sighs> yeah, right. I had too much dairy last I don't night. get it. You act like you don't like that, but you do. You, d you love nothing less than a bowel movement. Or uh, nothing more. Well, it depends. Um, I have not had, I have not woken up in the middle of the night in probably five months with, uh, you know, this sort of gastric situation. So, uh, you know, when it does happen periodically, it does kind of, you know. Yeah, you like it. Help me feel alive. Oh, my God. <laughs> I don't know. I don't, I don't mind feeling pain from time to time. I don't like tooth pain. I don't like tooth pain. Body pain, I'll take all day. When I broke my ankle, I kept like hitting it up against. <laughs> I kept hitting my broken ankle. Oh, so, I don't know. I have a weird thing with pain. I <laughs> we, don't yeah, you, to, we don't have to diagnose. You that. you love like treading uh, emotional pain. You like to get neck deep in it. That's right. Um, physical pain, I think, uh, not a huge fan. Now I, I forgot. I I wanted to move and officially open the show because we were talking about Bloody Mary. Now what off air? Did we record that? I can't remember when we were I talking think that about that was off air. Yeah. Okay. Off air. We started talking about how many bloody Mary movies there were. Yeah. Uh, I think Oksana found 17. Oh my God. Titled bloody Mary. All right. And then somebody pitched the idea that we should, that's what we should do for Halloween. 
is try and watch as many Bloody Mary movies as okay. we can. Well, Krampus is dead. Why are you bringing up Krampus already? Make a choice. We are months removed. You make a choice now. Okay, now here, okay, for, for new listeners, the thing was for the past three years, uh, during December, I would book a Krampus guest. Now, how does watching 17 Bloody Mary movies like come in contact with booking a director of a Krampus. We film. flew too close to the sun with Krampus. Okay. And now we are in the sun and we are melted. We need a new Krampus <laughs> bit. That's fine. Okay. But what does I, that have to do I don't with Halloween hear Bloody else Mary? about Krampus ever again. What does that have to do with Bloody Mary? It's the same thing. It's Krampus in October. Bloody Mary is the new Krampus. <laughs> no, Bloody Mary's been around for. Oh, I guess you could make that argument about Krampus too. And nobody gives a shit about Bloody Mary. Nobody gave a shit about Krampus. That is true. That was the bit. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. But okay, so then fine. If we're gonna do that, how about we all watch a different Bloody Mary movie oh every <laughs> every episode? <laughs> yeah, good for luck. All of October. Good luck no. pitching that one to that one. Actually, Randy came up with that idea. Yeah, he told right. me not to mention it because it would ruin his character on the show. Uh, maybe if we throw, I in, would never watch one. Maybe we throw in a couple <laughs> paninis to sweeten the. You pot. would never watch one. What if she was like? What if it was a foreign film with a POC actress? You would watch it. I did that this week. <laughs> now, Randy, what if I told you that Jim Jarmusch is thinking about a uh, Bloody Mary movie? Uh, I might be more down if there he was doing it. All right. Oh, I thought you were going to pivot into your film because that that seemed perfect. Yeah, sure. Jim Jarmusch didn't direct this one, but it's also sort of Bloody Mary and or Candyman related. It is. Uh, I did my homework assigned by Russell. I watched uh, Candisha on Shudder, directed by Alexandra Bustillo and Julian Mari. Uh, I believe it's French. I believe it takes place in Paris, sort of like in the the projects of Paris. Um, And you got three main characters, all female. And, uh, yeah, they're into, uh, graffiti and those sorts of things. And, uh, while they're graffitiing one day, they find sort of underneath some old, like portions of graffiti, they find, uh, the word Candisha and they, I forget exactly who figures out what it is or whatever, <laughs> but, um, essentially there is this lore of Candisha who, um, essentially comes if they are summoned and they um take care of uh dudes who are doing bad things to women and uh one of them summons them um by saying their name five times a la candy man still too many times <laughs> and uh yeah then they uh kind of have to have to deal with that um i think <laughs> you guys like this movie more than me i really didn't care for the actual candisha stuff i thought it just looked kind of cheesy, but I do like the characters and like the dialogue and sort of the setting. I know you said it kind of reminded you of like La Haine. Uh, definitely agree with that. There's a lot of like hanging out on the, the roof of the projects and just like cool cinematography and stuff. So I kind of wish there was more of that and kind of wish it was, I don't know, less of a, a horror movie. Like, I don't know. It wasn't really that effective for me, but it was, a, I don't know. It was a decent watch. Yeah, I I totally just wanted you to watch it because of Lahane. It's yeah. really a weird crossroads you end up with there because it's kind of like a I don't know mid level American horror movie mixed with like a, a an artful French drama. 
Yeah. And they really like collide in that. I really like how it looked that that opening establishing shot. Oh yeah. was great. Yeah, it was talking that's a cool use of a drone. Yeah. Because normally, you yeah. know, drones they they imitate a helicopter. And you know, a helicopter would just be up in the air and it's like you can't get that shot otherwise. But this drone flow it flew like low enough to be uncomfortable like you couldn't have taken a helicopter there and it was right next to one of those projects like those those giant monolith projects and i really like that opening shot randy i you know yeah i i knew i knew this movie would play that way for you and yeah i just wish they like would have done more with like the setting and the characters rather than having it be like a a mix-up between Lahaine and like could have been a little more like political um, or just kind of like deal with like the setting and stuff. And it, it kind of just felt like they just set it there, but I don't know, didn't really, it would have been interesting if they went kind of like more into that and less into like the uh, like lore and mythology. Yeah. It's funny because they're actually almost like pointedly not political. Like yeah. the film, the the three girls, like one is white, one's black, and one is um, Middle Eastern. And the first dialogue is like them being racist towards each other. Mm-hmm. And then they're just like, yeah, we're friends. And they move on. And then literally um, the black lead is walking home. She stops walking to tag a like pillar of a bridge or something. And a cop rolls up behind her. And, you know, me, I've been so trained by American films that I'm like, oh, here we go. Like in minute five of this fucking movie. And even after they had been so pointedly like casual, like kids are like, oh, yeah, yeah. We, we acknowledge that we're all a different race, but like it doesn't actually bother anybody. And then the cop rolls up. He's a white dude. And he's like, what are you doing? Go home. And she's like, yeah, OK. <laughs> and she walks away. And then the dude yeah. reads her graffiti, which she put. I think she tagged tilt your head bitch or something uh-huh. and she wrote it sideways. Yeah. As, that was pretty good. Uh, tilt your head bastard. Okay. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. And then, you know, that was it. And I'm like, wow, what are we doing? Like, this is almost like anti Lahane where Lahane yeah. is all about like the turmoil in the, the projects there. And then you're right, Randy, it turns into a like creep show type movie, which I was hoping you'd be a little bit on, on board for, but the CG fire lost you, huh? <laughs> it was pretty short, but it didn't necessarily lose me there. I just, I don't know. Like, I wasn't, like, in suspense, really, with any of the Candisha stuff. And I thought it just kind of looked like a person in a costume, you know? Like, they didn't really do too much to kind of make it, which maybe that was the intent, but I don't know. It Randy, didn't look did like otherworldly. Did you not watch the third act of the film? <laughs> I did. I don't know. To me, it just, it didn't, it kind of just looked like there was a person in a costume. She tripled in size. All right. Yeah, you can do we that. Force perspective. <laughs> it looked cool and stilts. I, Russell, did I not say out loud? Yeah. I said, I'm scared. Oh, Clark was narrating the whole fucking movie. <laughs> I believe when the girl tagged the wall, he went, oh, that's cute, honey. <laughs> you were very like, I don't know. You're you're a little stingy. I again. I watched. The, I only watched Candisha because you watched Inside. Yeah. And I looked up the director's thing, and I wanted to see his newest film. Or again, it's a it's a director team. Alexander and Julian. They I, they direct and write everything together. I don't know why I keep saying it's only Alexander, but um, 
their new haunted house movie underwater. I really wanted to watch. And this was the newest thing they had done. And it's interesting. I, I hadn't thought of Randy with the incredibly CG fire scene, but I did think of you, Clark. And I thought you would have the, a similar experience I did where you come off of like inside and you're like, oh, this is going to be brutal. And then you watch that and you're like, what the fuck happened? But then you get into the third act and there are a couple kills in there that are like jaw dropping. Oh, dude. And also, yeah, Randy, I don't know. I do think that, yeah, in the beginning it was explained of like she would kill six men, but I don't think it had anything to do with their moral character because if we look at the the men that were killed in the film, they ranged from all over the place. It was men associated with these girls' lives. So it went anywhere from friends to boyfriends to baby daddies to fathers. Yeah. And so on. That's and so true. Forth. I thought the they kind of explained that in the mythology though. You should have air quoted right there. I know we're not doing any visual medium, but I felt it. And Russell, you said that uh yeah, there was one particular kill we're talking about yeah. that was brutal. Yep. And you said it was a build, but at that point in the film, it didn't feel like a, it felt inconsistent because there just was weird. The first couple kills were not they were strange. Well, we had the bonitis kill before it. You remember that? Yeah, like it like which was definitely a that ramp was, up. That was. Yes. Yeah. Before that, the 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 roof drop kill. Well, was okay. just Strange. Again. So Candisha's on Shutter. If you I highly recommend you go watch it. It's only 90 minutes. Not a big commitment. And um if you're a fan of Lahane, it's worth it for that alone. But so in the film, we open, uh, there's a confusing kill where it's like, well, did she even kill the guy? Then we go into terrible CG fire. And then I believe we move into like territory of the uh, bonitis, a la old yeah. style twisty. And then we end up with the like full screen. Actually, it was like a wide shot. I, dude, I love the way this movie was filmed, too. Yeah. There are so many interesting locations in here. Like uh, the monolith project that's abandoned. Oh, Randy, you should have been in the room with Clark. He was just like, no, no. And then he went into some story about how you used to hang out under a bridge. Yeah, don't worry about it. <laughs> when you were 14, you and some other hooligans? Me, me and Anthony Kiedis. Okay. Oh, well, you know, the movie actually, when I was watching it with you, it reminded me that we used to break into like what we called a haunted house too. Yeah. There was an abandoned house that was covered in graffiti. And we used to hang out in there. And I think, God, how old was I? I was in middle school. Did you have parties in there? No, but I remember the one fear I had was what you were articulating during the movie, which was the scariest thing would be coming in here and there's a person in here. Like somebody who's just, you know, living or hanging out in this dilapidated building. And uh, yeah, but that monolith was that, what a terrifying idea, Randy. What? How did? Uh, how did you spend your misspent youth? Did you hang out under bridges or abandoned homes, and you know, play with your tech decks and whatnot? Uh, just tech decks. No, uh, no abandoned tech buildings, tech. really. Yeah. What did you think of like the three virtuoso graffiti artists? I don't know. All that stuff was cool. I just yeah, I didn't care for the the horror stuff. Really? That made me roll my eyes. So the girls, they, you know, they meet in the abandoned monolith and they have like, you have to go down a maze, uh, remove bricks from a wall, climb in, find their hidden catch of uh, spray paint. 
and then they go into a room where they dance and eat food and tag the wall. Yeah. And there's a reveal after there's like, I, you know, honestly, watching those girls interact was a ton of fun. And that, um, Clark, I know you haven't seen Lahane, but that's Lahane. Is you know Vincent Cassell and his buddies like running around and fucking around, and uh, when they walk away from that room, they admire their work, and it is it looks like a photoshopped, perfect portrait of like uh, somebody's parents. I'm guessing, right? I don't know some some happy couple that made me sick. Yeah, it was it was the girl's <laughs> parents who had died. Who died? Okay, and it looked like too perfect then you know they they leave and they go to uh one of the other girls house and you know she makes the comment oh here's dad coming home in his company car which is a uh bus yeah and on the side of the bus is a perfect like full bus size um graffiti art again and it it, she's like should we tell him that was us and i'm like oh you're killing me with this shit but i think that's all they do I like that dad. He was a good dad. The dad was one of my favorite characters in this movie. And uh, he didn't have a great end. <laughs> Man. Randy, what'd you think of that part? Yeah. That didn't do nothing for you? Not really, no. I loved it. I mean, yeah, the kills, I don't know. I, I like this movie. I, you know what? I had fun. Four stars. You know, I think there's a lot of social commentary in here that is kind of overshadowed by the like fun horror. Because clearly they're they're articulating a race relation. There's so one of the things I love the most is you know Candyman, um, the film was turned into like a Cabrini Green tale, and it's kind of like um, you know outside white people reporting and investigating in urban folklore. Well, in this movie, it's a bunch of people who lived in that neighborhood had uncovered like a folklore that wasn't necessarily tied to any of them. Like, I'm sure the the Middle Eastern girl might have known, but like, you know, it was like it was like foreign. I don't know. It felt more um, dangerous that way, because, again, our white lead is the one who writes it draws a pentagram in her blood on the wall to summon the uh, half camel, half um, supermodel lady. Well, when she wants to be. And also, you know, when you were mentioning that she killed men but not based on their moral conduct. She honestly was more of a were-camel, where, uh, you know, the original idea of a werewolf was that they kill the ones you love. So if you turn into a werewolf, you go after, like, your wife or your daughter, which is why you don't want to be a cool, like, ripped wolf man. Also, not that uh, Letterbox is the source of truth, but it does say it was Moroccan folklore summoned by women to exact vengeance on men. Yeah, yeah. that's the synopsis. Well, I mean, she did. And she did. She wanted that demon to kill her uh, attempted raper, her ex. Yeah, but then how do you explain other ones that happen that potentially aren't related? Well, because the idea is that you don't tap into these darker sides of yourself to uh, exact emotional revenge, because ultimately you unleash a can of worms. So even though you know the one dude got it, which again, now that we're talking about it, makes sense why his death was the most unsatisfactory. Like, the dude who you wanted to be torn in half got, like, hit by a car off camera. And you kind of hear about it a little bit. And it's totally, it doesn't, it doesn't do it for you. And then, you know, the, the, again, the can is, the lid is off the can and the worms are now running around. And, um, I, dude, I loved her. As a fan of, like, slashers, you never see a female. You never see a topless female. And you definitely never see people with hooves of a camel. 
She, uh, I would totally wear a Candisha shirt. Candisha. Alicia Candisha. That's a good name. Yeah, I know. You kept saying it throughout the whole damn movie. It rhymes. It's fun. It's cute. Trying now, to summon her. Do you do you want to uh, watch Lahane, or does this make you not want to watch Lahane? No, man. I want to see you know, killers and you know, killer belly dancers like we had. Yeah, you gotta watch Lahane, dude. You just don't want to see another rabbit get it. Oh, dude, they killed the rabbit, man. Yeah, they off that bunny. That was pretty silly. <laughs> well, what's funny is that you know they're talking about recreating the ritual, and they needed blood. And I was like, it's confusing because she mentions like, well, you know, our cycles all sync up. Yeah. And she reaches down into her pants. And you're like, wait, what? And then she grabs the bunny. Like there's a cut. Like they, she, they don't show any blood being like uh, formed into a pentagram. Yeah. And she grabs the bunny. You're like, oh, did she back off of that idea? Because it's really weird and uncomfortable. Yeah. And it's like, no, <laughs> they just, just they drew it off camera. Yeah. Or, you know, the, uh, the river was dry. But it, it wasn't. It clearly wasn't. Okay. Well, that bunny had plenty in this river. That bunny <laughs> is on camera for a long time. Uh, too much. Yeah. yeah. It made Clark very uncomfortable. Let's call it too much. You were squirming and squealing. Then I was laughing because <laughs> it looked really stupid. <laughs> well, it did. And, you know, on, thankfully. Yeah. Because at first it was like, oh, was like, God, this, this looks, is real. Yeah. It and felt, then it didn't look real. And I'm like, okay, yeah, I'm good. But that's kind of the whole movie. But maybe it looks too real. Oh, God. Well, at the end, when it started doing the kicking thing. Yeah, I didn't like that. Yeah, that felt. <laughs> it went It went from like, oh, God, cannibal holocaust PTSD yeah. to comical to, oh, God. And then it, <laughs> then it ended. I, man, I, I don't know. I really like this movie. And I um I was excited to watch it again. Oh, my kill was brutal. So Inside or Candisha? Which one do you like more? Oh, Inside. Um, but I no, I, I am definitely interested to check out their other stuff now for sure. And I'll tell you, uh, people do not like this movie in the online community. Oh yeah. Um, everyone, they're like, they're hacks. They haven't done anything good since inside. And I just, I disagree. I totally I, disagree. This has its own place. This is inside its own thing. This is its own thing. And I, I, I don't know. I really like this. Well, it's hard to come off of a movie that becomes like the most brutal, you know, yeah. at that time it was, oh God, this French movie. But see, the thing with Inside is that it's one location, it's like 70 minutes, and it is nonstop. Yeah. And it just it just works. This is a bigger thing, and I, I liked it, man. This is a good movie. They're, dude, again, the filmmaking here is so good like there are so many the rooftop location i love the abandoned monolith location i love the swimming pool location great, great production Dude, it looked beautiful everywhere um also you didn't mention your your favorite young ted bundy made an appearance oh yeah <laughs> <laughs> young ted bundy in the bunk bed yeah um and randy i'm surprised you didn't mention that they uh gave a plug to the ramones your favorite band yeah, there was a Ramones t-shirt and some uh, lyrics from uh, Pet Cemetery, Dude. By the way, so you mentioned it. It is, and I kept mentioning it last night, <laughs> there is non-stop branding in this movie. I mean, every character is either wearing an Adidas jacket, a champion jacket, a champion shirt. We've got a Thrasher sweatshirt. Mm -hmm. We've got 
uh, Yankees shit everywhere. There's like Someone's a- asking for Diet Coke. Then that hit me. I was like, how many cans of Coke do they sell a day in the world? Turns out $1.8 billion, $1.8 billion bottles of Coke are produced a day, are sold a day. Yeah, he did look that up during the movie. And then in the middle of a scene, you're like, how many cans of Coke do you think they make a day? I'm like, what? I don't know. 1.8 bill, Randy. Yeah, I uh, I actually really like the branding. It made it feel more um, authentic or like real, like kids hanging out. Except it was all very geared up uh, American shit. Yeah. Like one girl had like Los Angeles, California. That's yeah. all her shirt said. But um, I don't know. Maybe do they do that over there? I don't know. I didn't know Thrasher was big in France, dude. <sighs> Thrasher is big everywhere. Yeah, I don't know. So you gave it a four. Randy, I liked it. We were trying to predict what you gave it. Did you look it up already on Letterboxd and see what Randy no, gave it? No, I, but I get, I'm getting definite two and a half. I know. I'm getting, I, I thought he was going to go three, three and a half. Now I'm like two three, and two and a half. Two and a half. <laughs> All right, Randy. Yep. Now you guessed it. I thought you looked at it. Nope. Two and a half? Yeah, two and a half. Yeah. Oh, and again, the reason Randy doesn't like it is the reason why horror fans will like it. Because yeah, that's it's probably t- true. Yeah. But I knew that. And uh, for the first time, normally I have my, I'm holding my breath. I'm like, oh, Randy. Well, you said it. We, we held out a little bit of hope because we were like, you know what? It's a little, the kills kind of come across a little uh, Final destination Also, you didn't even mention your favorite character, the crazy shaman dude who. Was- oh, yeah. No, I was going to. And then okay. we, we had uh, gotten sidetracked. But dude, the shaman guy was great. What's his name? Like Soliman? Soliman. No, Soliman is the uh that's the the ring. Oh yeah. So, yeah, duh. He he had Soliman's circle under his rug collection. Yeah. <laughs> he died because he Dude, got too tired. That was another cool location. He was like a shut-in shaman. Oh, that was great. Dude, I man, I really liked it. It's rad. All right. The Iman was great. Again, know. Randy, thank you for watching it. Now you can uh, force me to watch anything at any time as long as you <laughs> jump in and talk to me about it. All right. You got to watch. Uh, no, not you. Transit. Randy. He's been telling you to watch Transit for four <laughs> years. No, he let me borrow the movie. That's different. And I totally forgot. And I feel bad about it. Did you take it back, Randy? No, I didn't. Okay. I'll watch it and ship it over. He no, let you have he, it. And that's his favorite movie of all that's time. That's not his favorite movie. Randy, is that your favorite movie? No. It's good, though. It's really good. All right. Randy, whenever you want to use your golden card, I will watch whatever. Echoes of Vertigo, dude. (laughs) (laughs) That's the subtitle. All right, Randy, anything else? No, sir. That's all I've seen. Oh, I forgot. I also mentioned we were going to do Candisha and The Hill in the Hole, but then I realized that I took so long to get around to it that uh, it had been two weeks removed for Randy, and I watched it, and I didn't have a whole lot to say about it. Um, It's good. I recommend go listen to the Three Friends podcast. They get into it. And um, just for Randy and Clark, the story is based on um, a story by Fritz Lieberman. Is it Lieberman? Fritz Lieber. And uh, he's the guy that coined the term sword and sorcery. Mm-hmm. So he did like uh, Foffer and the Gray Mouser and shit. I-, I love that guy. So that's why I wanted Randy to watch it. That's a lie. That's the only reason why I wanted to bring it up on the show. This morning, I watched a film because I didn't have another film to talk about on my own. Russell and I will be joining uh, shortly here regarding a film that we watched last week but before we get to that i want to talk about a movie that i watched this morning because i did not want to spend my time with you my friends 
and you, the listener, with a television show that I watched the entire last season of in, let's call it, less than a day. Ripped through it. Eight episodes, just boom. We don't have to worry about season four of Goliath, the final season of <laughs> Goliath, starring Billy Bob Thornton. I feel like you're more excited about getting through it than actually watching it. And I'm glad it's over because that show was not good. Okay. But <laughs> I'll tell you, the third season was so terrible that they had nowhere to go but up. And it's it was it was better. Um, it's still the same, but Bruce Dern was so good. Bruce Dern's a maniac, and I love him. And J.K. Simmons, eh, I don't know. Interesting show. I'm glad it's over, so I can not watch okay. it anymore. <laughs> so I decided that I was going to watch a film. I had no idea what I was going to watch. I was perusing Amazon, and I was going through the rentals page, and I saw a film that I had kept seeing the picture of, a film called Wild Indian from this year from director, writer, Lyle Mitchell Corbine Jr. Two men learn to confront a traumatic secret they share involving the savage murder of a schoolmate. This film, uh, it opens up in the 80s in Wisconsin, um, in rural Wisconsin, uh, dealing with some young men uh, that are Native Americans. And uh, we've got two main characters that we follow, Makwa and Teto. Makwa and Teto, they are first cousins. They are Native Americans. And Makwa comes from a very uh, troubled home, um, so much to where he is sitting in the, his living room, and then a young father-ish figure comes into the room and says, Makwa, I don't want you in the house. Get the fuck out of the house. <laughs> and he throws him out of the house. And then his very young mother's like, yeah, Makwa, get out of the house. What? Very sad. And Makwa and Teto spend their time uh, getting abused by their parents and shooting things in the woods. Oh, tight. Um, Makwa, as we learn, uh, again, he just gets the shit kicked out of him at all times. He's a very sad boy, but he's very smart. Um, but he starts to get jealous of a uh, another um, Native American boy in the school who starts dating a pretty young blonde girl. And they kind of hang around in the same woods. And one day, Magua and Teto were hanging out in the woods, and Magua just decided that he, he was going to shoot that little boy. So oh. he... Uh, Shot him in the head and killed him. And Teto was like, and Teto got very scared uh, of Makwa. And uh, he's like, hey, man, I need your help. Don't say shit. <laughs> and we're going to bury this body. And they do. And then it skips forward uh, 25, 30 years later. Uh, Magua is a very um, successful corporate man who works with Jesse Eisenberg in California. Uh, we see him playing golf, I believe, in Pebble Beach. He's very successful. Um, he's working on a new promotion. He got his life together. And uh, heads up, he also married a pretty little blonde girl. As uh, We start to see everything kind of... We know his type, don't we? Wait, so Teddo started working for Facebook? No, no, no. Makwa. Oh, Makwa. Okay. Makwa did. 
Ted was just a pedo. And Makwa changed his name to Michael. Oh, boo. Makwa's a good name. So then we're like, okay, now we're going to follow Makwa. Then we go to prison and okay. we see Teddo. <laughs> the pedo. Te- so Teddo, as a reminder, is not the one who killed the boy. Mm-hmm. But it sent Teddo down a very dangerous path. Makwa got his shit together. But we start to learn some darkness in Makwa as he likes to visit strip clubs and choke strippers. Oh, okay. Uh, but Teddo is in prison and he is trying to atone for his sins and um, just feels a lot of guilt. Uh, Teddo also has a very unfortunate face tattoo of a uh, a bear paw on his face. Oh. And also a, a very distracting neck tattoo. Uh, but Teddo goes back to his childhood home. His sister's like, oh, you're back from prison? He's like, yeah. <laughs> and she's like, well, you have a nephew. He's like, cool. He's five. And they become fast friends. And Teddo starts to get his life together. He gets a job washing dishes. And he buys a truck for $600. He's getting everything together. But then he realizes that he's got to do what he's got to do. So he goes to the home of the boy that they murdered or that boy that Makwa murdered, and he was a part of, and he confessed. He ratted him out? He ratted him out. Then, Teddo, he, go, dude. then he goes to California and tracks down Makwa. Who's ha- he's hanging out with... Who um, is now Michael. Who's cha- Jesse Eisenberg's in the film for two scenes, um, and Jesse Eisenberg also produced the film. And he is playing Zuckerberg again. Uh, no, not quite. He's just, Come on. He's just uh, Jesse Eisenberg, who just seems nervous and talks very quickly. Okay. Yeah. So Jesse Eisenberg. Zuckerberg. Yeah, but doesn't have that uh, <laughs> he incel moved to energy. California. He doesn't have that incel energy. Yeah, but neither does Zuckerberg. Zuckerberg does. Did you see that shit where he was on the the sea do with the American flag? That's incel energy, dude. Yeah, no, he's he's a maniac. That's incel energy. He, he's a sociopath. He doesn't know what he's doing. Yeah. He's, he's murdering bitches. For sure. He's choking strippers. For sure. I, I don't trust Zuckerberg for no. half a okay, second. Okay, good. I'm glad we agree. <laughs> no, he's a very terrible man. So Teddo tracks down Magua in California, and Magua's like, what are you doing here? They obviously haven't spoken in a very long time, and Magua takes him, Teddo, to his very uh, nice home, and Teddo's like, what have you become? Where are you, man? Like, oh, what, man. what are you doing? Uh-huh. And then te- and Magua's like, dude, I got my life together. You need to get your shit together. He's like, I do have my shit together. And then... uh. Magua, uh, Teddo pulls out a gun <laughs> and says, Wait, are you going to ruin this whole movie? Are we going through the whole thing? Or is this act one still? You just let me finish this case. Okay. Well, it's getting good. I don't know. He pulls out a gun and he says, I confessed. And he's like, what do you mean? He's like, I told <laughs> the mom everything. You told her about me? He said, yeah. And then Teddo shoots Magua in the arm. Magua. Yeah. And then Michael's down there on the ground. He's bleeding. Teddo is shocked. He puts the gun down on the table, walks away. Teddo, Makwa gets up, grabs the gun, and then kills Teddo. So now, Michael's got to go back to Wisconsin. Because now the mom starts squeaking. The mom's saying that Teddo came to her house told her about him killing his son with Magua, and now Magua's in the middle of this murder investigation. Investigation. 
So he goes back to Wisconsin. He goes and visits the mother who has become ill, and she is in the hospital. Then Magua makes threats and holds a knife up to this dying old woman's throat and says, if you don't shut the fuck up, I'm going to come back here and I'm going to fucking kill you. I don't know anything about this. You don't know me. I don't know you. You squeak and you fucking die. And then he gets off the case. And then the movie kind of ends like a breathless ending where he's alone on the beach crying. You ran through the whole film? I skipped some important stuff. <laughs> Pretty much did that with the card counter last week, too. <laughs> Is this your new review? You just retell the film? I don't know what else to do. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Let me tell you something. Wild India is good. Oh, my God. <laughs> I like this movie a lot. Uh, the internet community, not so much. Oh. Let's read some user oh reviews <laughs> from Wild India. Oh, this also played at Sundance. Here's a couple of headlines from user reviews. Five out of ten stars from Drayson Jennings. What the hell was that? <laughs> Two out of ten stars from Bernor One. Not a very good movie. From Stephen Beard. Five out of ten stars. Who is this movie for? Oh, from MD Booze 999-352-187. Quite horrible. Drawn out. Lots of plot holes. Don't waste your time. My favorite, down here at the bottom, from Native Storyteller. <laughs> Uh-oh. One out of ten stars. He's got some skin in the game. Native Americans don't come from India. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, missed the complete point of the film. What the fuck? Um, no, I, honestly, I you know, what, you know what kind of vibes I got out of this? I got a little bit of um, a very... Uh, dialed back, not quite as in, as an epic as the place beyond the pines, but we're dealing with very similar tones here, and um, I I really liked the path of these two characters and you know what happened and and how it really you know paved their lives and I I really thought that you know Magua's path was very interesting of how he just took all that you know horrible upbringing and pain and he just. He used it as fuel for success, um, but there, he still had a tremendous amount of darkness in him um, that he tried to release in, in what he thought was more helpful ways, as he would pay strippers to choke them out and would pay them very handsome sums of money because um, he was just trying to get his demons out. But um, <laughs> You're very understandable there. Well, no, I mean, I, 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 the movie does a good job of painting that picture and, yeah. and understanding, um, you know, the the past that they both forged for themselves and ones that they didn't have choices but to go down. And uh, I don't know. I really, I really like this movie. Would you recommend a friend, like, if he came to you and was like, dude, I'm, I'm feeling really dark, man. Like, I'm going to do bad things. Would you be like... Go to a strip club, throw them a little bit more money, and just choke them. It's a consent. Okay. <laughs> Did these women? 
he paid them a large amount of money. Did they consent though? He told him he told her what he was going to do. He said, I'm gonna choke you. And, yeah. And she's like, All right. She's like, okay. And then it happened. She's like, You almost killed me. <laughs> and then he threw her like one thousand dollars. And she all right, give me another grand. I mean, we can and then she went home, yeah. took out her tampon. Wild Indian. And summoned Candisha. Really liked it. Check it out. Available on iTunes. Again, Candisha's half camel. So it was Wild Indian. He's a half camel. <laughs> I don't know. All right, Russell, your go. My turn? What should I talk about? I don't care. Uh, you know, when you told me to talk about this movie, you should have remembered that I can never remember the title to this movie. You want me to kick it off? Uh, oh my God, help me out. What's the name of this movie? Silent Rage. Silent Rage. So I was listening to Tarantino, my new godfather of film. You know, I love Tarantino. <laughs> I have all his movies. They're all signed. They're all framed in shadow boxes. And I try to live my life like I was a lead in one of his films. Oh, you, you're the biggest four rooms fan I've ever met. Oh, dude, I love a fucking four rooms, dude. No, um, so yeah, I was, uh, I think when he was on Rogan, they came, they were talking about like Bruce Lee. He was talking shit about him. And then Chuck Norris came up and somehow they mentioned Silent Rage, which he described as, uh, you know, Chuck Norris versus Michael Myers. And I went, yep, I wrote that down. And I'm like, we're going to resurrect the barbecue thing we used to do. And we're going to watch this movie. But uh, we didn't do that. And we just watched it anyway. And um, dude, it was great. It literally like you might be wondering, what does that mean? Michael Myers versus Chuck Norris. It's literally a terrifying tall dude who doesn't verbalize at all. Walking through. Oh, the beginning of this film. Wonderful. It's it's like a uh, it's a handheld camera. And the way that they capture this dude walking through the house, which is interesting, because now thinking back when we first watched it, it seemed like he should be there. But then having watched the movie he wasn't supposed to be there. There's no question Randy would have appreciation for the first 10 oh, yeah. minutes of this movie. Yeah, he would dig it. It's, Randy, it's a one-shot. It's a one -er. Okay, I'll watch just that and then turn it off. No, no, what you do is you watch the beginning of the movie, and then when it hits the like romance montage, then go cook dinner, come back <laughs> around uh, 50 minutes later, or like 40, 45, and then buckle up. Because the third act of the movie is just as good as the first. Third act's really good. Now, this is a very Agfa film. Like, it's very, like, it's a genre movie that becomes timeless because of the action and the camera work. And Chuck Norris. And Chuck Norris, who, uh, dude, he's, he's great in it. Now, again, the, the antagonist, the Michael Myers-type character, does end up in a um, full-body, like, jumpsuit. He is escaped from a mental institution. And uh, people begin experimenting on him with the drug that keeps him from dying. So having uh, recognized that this film came out a couple years after Halloween, this is quite literally Michael Myers versus Chuck Norris. What? I didn't put this together. Uh-oh. But now I didn't know. I don't know why. I totally knew who the... Okay. What are you talking about? I'm talking about the world's worst deputy sheriff. Okay, yeah. The, Who was in this movie. The lamest sidekick. Lamest yes. fat guy sidekick ever. That is played by Stephen First from Animal House. He's Dorfman in Animal oh, House, dude. Weird. Going completely against the grain, being uh, totally unfunny, 
completely depressing looking and having the most bleak like screen time. They didn't give him anything to do. No, and he just yeah, it was it was not great. He looked, but yeah, when he died, I felt very sad. Yeah, because it was a lame role. He showed up, and you instantly think he's going to be the comic relief. Like, pairing him with Chuck Norris, you think he's going to stumble out of the car, or he's going to be like a lecherous dick, yeah. like hitting on women and being like, yeah, I got you. But, like, you know, Chuck Norris gets the job done. He's neither. He's kind of just, like, lame. He's new. He's looking up to Chuck. He's got no jokes. He freaks out over any set of boobs he sees. Yeah, but not in a funny way. No. No. In a very sad way. Yeah. It, And then he, he fucking dies, and you're kind of like, damn. That sucked. <laughs> that felt like and a real dies, life. He dies because uh, the killer kind of just hugs him to death. He bear hugged him to death. <laughs> yeah. Which, you know, I in uh, the timeline I gave Randy, I actually recommended that he skip over that part. And honestly, you can. He bear hugs him to death, but there's not much there. He cries. He tells the girl to run, which is the most heroic thing he does in that movie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I... Dude... This movie's a fucking trip, though. It is. And that opening, um, the, the first act is great. Like, if you're not down for a full 90-minute movie of this, literally, just watch the first act. Well, because the first act is like, again, we open up with a one-shot that goes on for seven, eight minutes. Yeah. And then, you know, we, we, we start to understand what, you know, what the, what the, what the movie is and we learn some backstory and then it goes into the romance part and it's a different fucking movie. Yeah. It's really weird. But then it resurrects itself. Dude, skip that middle act, man. <laughs> Literally. There's a romance montage. Oh, there's, it, they bloat it up so much. It, God, they, they could have made this a nice lean 75 minute movie cut out some of that bullshit yeah well i mean that beginning crawl where the dude is walking around the house you know he's gonna do something bad and there are children playing so there's like a chaos in the air and he's kind of like methodically moving through it and then you lose him at one point and then he's he's shooting out of what was he in like a doghouse i'm remembering as a doghouse it was probably like a tool shed though and he comes in he comes back into the home with an axe and dude, it's amazing. Then from there, Chuck Norris shows up in one of those moments that only can work if you have an actual movie star, where when he shows up, you don't need any introduction. You're like, oh, that's Chuck Norris. He's going to beat the shit out of this guy. Yeah. And the camera follows him looking for him. Like, I normally don't like it when a film will switch perspective like that. But dude, I was completely invested. Then, you know, when we're done there. Uh, we have a scene at a a bar where a bunch of bikers are hanging out. Yeah, the and biker we, subplot was just strange, dude. It, but it, it was, felt forced. But it was fun. But it was fun. <laughs> it was, a, dude. That was a lot of fun. And then in the third act, now this isn't really ruining anything. If you if you're coming to this movie for story, uh, I apologize. Yeah, but the what way do you do is Chuck Norris. What it's Chuck doing? Norris. And the way that he dispatches the villain, I won't get into like the fight or anything or, you know, any of that boring stuff. The way he dispatches him is he throws him down a well. Yeah. And he, I, I'm, it's pretty clear to the character that Chuck Norris is playing that that's probably not going to kill him. But once once he does it, he's all right. We're done here. Yeah. It's a very weird and ending. Then, and then they go to his cabin. 
And then, uh, which Michael... I don't know why a sheriff who makes uh, <laughs> $400 a year has an extra cabin just laying around. He goes to a cabin. There's another love montage. Michael Myers hooks up with Samara at the bottom of the well. That's true. It just it turns into an orgy at the end of this film. There's, you know, there's a lot of roundhouse kicks in this movie, but it's not a copious amount. They don't overuse it. And it's not enough. I, I wanted more. Did you want more? I don't, you know, then I think that's a nice sweet spot then. Okay. Again, I'm not well versed in the Chuck Norris uh, filmography. Like growing up, I was always a Bruce Lee fan. Yeah. So like I would argue with my cousin about like, man, fuck Chuck Norris. I hated him. Well, I there was a time in my life where I don't think it, I counted it as a proper Saturday unless I watched Walker, Texas Ranger with my grandparents. Oh, OK. Yeah. Yeah. I never watched it. Yeah. Yeah. So, OK. All yeah. The time. Not a fan. Um, anyway, when I put that out there, a uh, friend of the show, family member for life, uh, Robbie Smith hit me up. And he was like, well, have you watched 10 to Midnight? I'm like, what the hell is 10 to Midnight? And he's like, dude, it's that movie you watched, except it's Bronson. I do like Bronson. Yeah. So uh, 10 to Midnight is an LAPD detective and his rookie partner on the trail of a psychopathic young man who is murdering young women. I love old action stars. Yeah. So like uh, Lee Marvin. Come on. We got to do we got to do another Kung Fu barbecue. All right, let's, do let's vet this movie here. I'm, I'm going to put it up on the screen so you can see that poster. But uh, let's let's uh, watch Ten to Midnight and then I know I need to watch more Bronson movies. You know, honestly, I think um, that's a good poster. Uh, what the fuck is our Neon Slime movie? That would be a great triple, oh, of course. What the hell is that? is that movie? It's not called Neon Slime. Vice Squad. Dude. Vice Squad. Thank you. It's every time I I even approach a thought that has to do with that movie, the the theme. Just takes over my whole well, inner if, consciousness. If we do, if we do sort of a, a movie marathon day, like, fade into black, dude. dude. That theme song is so fucking good. Neon, slime. yeah, dude. Vice Squad, that's your headliner. Vice Squad, you can't follow Vice Squad, dude. I don't. Yeah, you don't think Chuck Norris? Yeah, you open with the with the Mister Chuck. Chuck Norris is fun. Vice Squad is a lot of things, and I, but. Fun is not the first word that comes to your mind yeah. with Vice Squad because it's vile. Here you go. And it's insane. Now, all, everybody listening right now, you're going to get a little behind the curtain look at what it's like to program uh, an evening. So I think we agree. Silent Rage, not the best. But you open with that. You start off strong. Then the montage comes on. You say, all right, let's go cook the burgers. You know, Everybody goes out there. We have fun. You bring everybody back in for the end. You get to see him uh, deep throat uh, Samara. Not I, I meant deep to make throat. I, <laughs> I, I meant to make a French kiss reference. I don't know why I went deep. I'm sorry. I know. <laughs> I apologize to all the parents with their kids listening right now. I should have warned you. Then we move into Ten to Midnight, a film we haven't seen, and then we get to do it together. We experience, but we, no, we got to vet it for no. We, we don't got yeah, a hundred percent. Robbie passed it 100%. to us. Robbie would. Not steer us in the wrong direction. Robbie likes that terrible Nicholas Winding Refn show. I do too. And he, dude, he roasted me for not liking episode two. That was the most long meandering, like, what are we doing here? Like, it almost felt like uh, Refn was like winking. Like, you think you like this shit? That show stinks. Watch episode two. And then we move into Vice Squad, which is clear. You know, what we need is one more movie. We need a midnight there. We need the like... For the hardcore cinephiles, like the last film. 
All right, we'll get it. Give me some time. I'll do some research. All right, let's. Uh, what's the menu going to look like? Come on, right now. I don't even have a theme right now, dude. No, you got the theme. It's fucking the government. This is not kung fu. Though. It's government security against slashers. All right, give me some time. Okay. <laughs> you got another movie? I need a themed mi- No, I don't have another movie. I could barely remember the name of this one. <laughs> no, but we need a menu. And then uh, it's got to be all pun-based. <laughs> all right, we'll do it. Hell yeah. Is Randy coming over? Randy will Atlanta? fly out. We'll fly in David Lynch. Although I'm still a little <laughs> mad that he was trying to like pass some shade off at me right there. But uh, it will be fun. All right, we'll do it. Anything else? <laughs> no, I'm done. That's you now. I know. I'm do- I am excited. Yeah, I don't know. I just, I've seen a couple, but uh, I got I got some blind spots with uh, old Charles Bronson. Okay, I thought you were thinking about the menu already. You're like, hmm, panini burger. And what was that movie that was a ripoff of Charles Bronson, but they got a guy, a Russian guy that oh, looked exactly like Charles Bronson? I can't Bronson? remember. I can't remember. I know um, Justin really loved that. Yeah, yeah, he talked about that a lot. I I don't know, and that was from a guest, right? Like one of our former guests worked on that film. Uh, Zach. Okay, yeah, uh, Zach Carter, hit us up. What the hell is that movie called? Actually, producer, what's that movie called? You figure it out. <laughs> and she's drinking wine. She's already oh clocked my out. God. <laughs> it's eight thirty. <laughs> it's only twelve thirty there. <laughs> Shut up, Randy. You'd already been to three different stores, had a panini and a coffee, and gone on a run. That's right. Already jerked off David Byrne. <laughs> Tight burn, dude. Randy, what's uh what's going on for the rest of the day? What's your uh schedule? Schedule. Um, I might go down to this venue called the Masquerade. Some friends from California are playing. What the fuck? You're going to an orgy? Uh-huh. I'm gonna wear <laughs> one of those masks with a very long nose. Yeah, you're getting to a Kubrick orgy, dude. Exactly. So, yeah, I might go there, but um, I don't know besides that. All right. Well, I wish you nothing but uh, safety and success. Thank you, sir. And any endeavors that you come across. Uh, No more paninis today. Yeah, I think I'm good on bread. Okay. Was it Death Kiss? Death Kiss. That's it. Good job. You found that, even though you know what you know what you earned. You earned an intro next week. How about that? <laughs> yeah, and a review. You get to cover one of the Bloody Mary movies because next week all of us will be watching <laughs> a different Bloody Mary movie. Okay, For well, I called dibs on three hundred and sixty Bloody Mary. Fine, what? <laughs> no problem. <laughs> you know what? You're the one watching it. You get to watch two Bloody Mary movies. Let's do that for October. She can review a Bloody Mary movie every episode. Randy will just drink one live on there. <laughs> <laughs> I'm down. He'll have a virgin Bloody Mary. I know he would do some <laughs> shit like that. No, Randy's a booze hound now. Nah, dude. He's going to crush a blue chew in it. He's going to party <laughs> that night. All right. Randy, take us home. Uh, I did once have just straight Bloody Mary mix on an airplane because I had a headache. And uh, the flight attendant said that it would be good because it has a lot of like... Uh, Salt and um, electrolytes in it. <laughs> so that was good. Did you see her pointing from behind a curtain laughing at you after you were drinking it? No, I was a fan, though. It was good. Oh, is this you trying to flirt? No. What does you trying to flirt look like? Ooh. That's a good question, and we'll find out next week. 
<laughs> okay, cool. <laughs>